We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for May 13th, 2012. Continuing with this article on indulgences, I got through those uh, verses there. Now we're going to go back to the main article here. Normally I don't like to like end a part in the middle of a teaching of, of a part, but I really didn't have a choice in this case because I was already so over on time, so sorry about that. Uh, the fact that many Catholics under 50 have never sought one, meaning an indulgence, and have never even heard of indulgences except in high school European history. Uh, Martin Luther denounced the selling of them in 1517, which ignited the Protestant Reformation. That simply makes their reintroduction... Now, this is the guy writing this article. He says that simply makes their reintroduction more urgent among church leaders, bent on restoring fading traditions of penance, in what they see as a self-satisfied world? It's almost like we're hearing straight from Satan what his viewpoint on them. Well, for Satan, yes, their reintroduction would be, it would be urgent that, that their, their reintroduction be um, done. Because the church leaders are bent on restoring fading traditions of penance and what they see as a self-satisfied world. And again, just... Compare that statement with all the verses we just read. Absolute abomination in the sight of God, the indulgent system. Totally, unbelievably contradictory to the Bible, in every way, shape, and form. And yet they act as though it's it, the reintroduction needs to be urgent. Because they're, they need to restore these fading pagan traditions. I mean, what's this world coming to? That's why I said this, this guy that's writing this article has to be Roman Catholic. Anyway, goes on to say, why are we bringing it back, said Bishop DeMarzo of Brooklyn, who has embraced the move. And then he says, quote, because there is sin in the world. So we need to bring back indulgences because there's sin in the world. We need to bring back this wicked, sinful, evil, abominable practice. Because there's sin in the world. That makes a lot of sense. So we need to further the sin because there's sin in the world. Compare that with all the verses I just read about the blood of Jesus Christ covering our sin. It's not good. See, the blood of Jesus Christ is not good enough for them. They treat it as an unclean thing. They treat the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood and his finished work on the cross as an unclean thing. It's not good enough for them. They need to be able to do it through either a payoff, <laughs> which is an indulgence, or their own wicked, abominable works. They think that's going to merit their way into heaven. I'm, I'm saying all this extra commentary to drive this point home, how insane this wicked practices and how insane the Catholic Church is in general. How deluded they are. How they could turn a blind eye to the to the legions of pedophile priests is one is is a whole other subject. And all the blood of the martyrs and, and you could go on and on and on and the works based and religion that they're in. He goes on to say, like the Latin Mass and Meatless Fridays, the indulgence was one of the traditions decoupled I love that word, decoupled. When mainstream Catholic practice in the, 1960, in the 1960s by the Second Vatican Council, the gathering of bishops that sets a new tone of simplicity and informality for the church. Now, again, I've reported a lot of this in recent months, how there's a lot of people out there, a lot of ones that call themselves born-again Bible-believing Christians are saying, it's just that the Catholic Church, they're good, it's just that they've been corrupted since Vatican II. They got more liberal since then. They were good before then. That's what they're heavily implying. But they got corrupted. And now they're more liberal. And they're letting all these terrible things come in. And now there's this conservative resurgence within the Catholic community to bring us back to these other old pagan practices which were are just as abominable to God and, th and that's a good thing. We need that. 
Because then we're, we're going to get back to the purity of the Catholic pagan death cult. That's what they're essentially saying. I cannot tell you how many people that call themselves born-again Christians, big ministries now, are getting on the Catholic bandwagon and defending it on one level or another and saying, well, we admire them for their stance on abortion or this and that. And at the same time, what, what I can't get over is the fact that they're not saying, that they will never, and I've never heard them say, well, they're going to hell right now. They're going to burn in hell if they don't repent. They don't ever mention that part. They just mention how, well, it's been corrupted since Vatican II by these evil Masonic infiltrators. And yeah, they're, they're, uh, they don't, they don't, they will not mention that they're going to hell. And I'm thinking, if you really love these people, like you're claiming you do, why don't you tell them where they're going and beg them not to go there? Why will you not mention that point, that they're going to burn in devil's hell? No, 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 no. We're just going to talk about the the evil Masonic infiltrators and how they've been corrupted and, and, and quote a lot of Jesuits in church history who are the most wicked faction of the Catholic Church and, and, and you know, how the Catholic Church is being set up right now to bring forth the Antichrist and it's just because Vatican II, though, pretty much, because it's just been corrupted. And, and it was always corrupted. It's always been an abomination. It's never not been an abomination. I'm seeing a huge, gigantic move, really, ever since I've been a Christian, but also really in the last couple of years, toward this, where it's like they're winking and all of the sin, all of the abominations that constantly go on within Catholicism, and they're acting as though, oh, it's just this that caused it. It's confusion. If you really love the people in the Catholic Church, tell them the truth, like I'm doing today. I'm not saying I'm like any kind of gold standard, but I'm just saying, I love them enough to tell them the truth. I don't want them to go to hell. But if they think they're going to get into heaven based on their works, you know, they're very deluded. So, it goes on to say, its its revival has been viewed as part of a conservative resurgence. See, this <laughs> bringing back indulgences <laughs> is they're saying is a part of a conservative resurgence. So, in other words, buying your way out of sin, and again, where does it end up? Or are we going to go, obviously it'll end up where, yeah. I want to go um, rape a, a little three-year-old Girl, so what's it going to cost me, Mister Priesty guy, to to do that? Which is which is where it's always been. I'm sure that probably goes on today, maybe just at the higher levels. That's conservatism. Oh, that's real conservative. Yeah. Like I said, everything about this is so wicked and evil. I just can't stop not pointing this out, making obvious what's already obvious. So its revival has been viewed as part of a conservative resurgence, these indulgences, that has brought some quiet changes and some highly controversial ones. The The indulgence is among the less noticed and less disputed traditions to be restored. So there's less dispute about bringing indulgences back than, let's say, what, child sacrifice on a Catholic altar? I don't know. I mean, what do you compare it to? Less disputed. Then it goes on to say, but a thousand year history and volumes of church law devoted to its intricacies. It is one of the most complicated to explain. Now that reminded me of a whole other bank of Bible verses when I read that last line. Thousand-year history and volumes of church law in the Catholicism, okay, devoted to its intricacies. It's like the IRS code. You can never understand it. And it changes all the time. It's like a rubber ruler. 
They stretch it every, any way they want to suit their own needs. Not the, that's the Catholic Church. Well, if, if you're Satan and you are the author of confusion, don't you think that's the kind of religion you're going to want? Sure. So that's why you got to go by the priest, because he's the only one that has it all figured out. You just follow him. Don't go by your Bible, because you you're never going to figure all of our church intricacies out. And we change it at our every whim, because we don't go by the Bible, therefore it can change. We don't go by, you know, the Word of God. We never did. Never really cared about it much. But we like to, we like to write in on Jesus Christ's coattails and, and kind of throw him in the mix and say, you know, so we can kind of, you know, take credit for everything. And so, volumes of church law devoted to its intricacies is one of the most complicated to explain. Well, it's just like being in any cult. You got, okay, Mormonism. You got the Book of Mormon. You got the King James Bible. And then you got the Pearl of Great Price. Okay? Every cult has their extra-biblical garbage that they spew you know, um, Seventh-day Adventism, Ellen White, that devil that started that cult, with all of her extra-biblical garbage, and then other people added more extra-biblical garbage. You know, you got the Jehovah Witnesses, you got their monthly publications that come out, that are supposedly angelically inspired. They give you all kind of extra-biblical garbage and then all of their other extra-biblical garbage they have in that cult. Now, what always ends up invariably happening? Well, what always ends up invariably happening in all of these cults is the extra-biblical garbage always, always takes precedent, ends up taking precedent over the Bible, the Word of God. Always. So you go by all of the extra-biblical garbage first and then whatever you want to kind of glean out of the Bible, yeah, you know. But if the Bible contradicts that, then throw the throw the Bible out. I mean, you got to make a choice. You, you, you can't have you got to have one or the other. You you got you got to say, okay, well, where do we? Which one do we go by when the Bible contradicts all of your extra biblical garbage? Well, we we will always go with the extra biblical garbage, of course, from all of our demon demon possessed prophets or seers or whatever channeled books. It's how all cults operate. It reminded me of these verses when I read that. What Jesus Christ said in Matthew 23. And I'm going to read portions of Matthew 23 here. <clears throat> Matthew 23 verse 1. And then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Meaning they, they sit as, as the religious... Like they're like the voice of God. Like when Moses came back and he brought the, the Ten Commandments and these types of things. They're sitting there as acting like they're in God's stead. In, in essence, these Pharisees and scribes are doing this. Verse 4. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders. This is what the Catholic Church does. And any other death cult out there all lumped in. There's only two religions on the planet. Just remember, only two. Bible-believing Christianity. For you are saved by grace, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now I understand. We look at my salvation teaching to get the full picture on that. Okay? But it's not of works is the point here, lest any man should boast. And then you have all of your works-based death cults who I like to refer to them as. All your isms, Catholicism, Buddhism, Zoroastrianism, you know, whatever. Mormonism, all of these. All teach, essentially, you get to wherever you're trying to get through works. Every one of them. So there's only two religious systems on the planet. Verse 4, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born. That's what these cults do. They bind you with heavy burdens, grievous to be born. Hey, I mean, you got to earn your way into heaven. It's not easy. <laughs> we got to bind a lot of heavy burdens on you. So you think that you're, 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 you're earning your way into heaven, you know. And lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. It doesn't apply to them, in other words. 
It only applies to all the their sheeple people, who they would refer to them as. Verse 5, But all their works they do to be seen of men. Oh, they go around. That, that's what I, I, I watched this little bit of that Easter vigil. It is such an abomination. They all go around in their flowing robes. Oh, they all look so holy. And, and inwardly, if you could look into their souls, it's just like black as night. Rotten, maggot-filled, essentially. If you could look into them, in, into the soul of the Pope. It would probably scare the daylights out of you if you saw the devils and demons emanating and operating through that devil. I'm just, I'm just flat out being honest. But they, all their works they do to be seen among men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. And love the uppermost rooms at feasts. And achieve seats in the synagogues. And here they have, they're ushering this, this demon-possessed devil up to this throne that they have him sit on. So everybody can go around and adore this guy. What biblical precedent do we have for any of this garbage? The only one that would ever deserve that honor is Jesus Christ. That's it. Father God, Jesus Christ. That's it. No man deserves to be put in that position. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5 well, everybody, if you're Catholic, that's who you're trusting in, right? Pretty much. He's the vicar of Christ on earth, the Pope. The man's so evil looking, I can hardly stand to look at the guy. I mean, you, you wouldn't have to have the more the discernment of a dung beetle to know that guy's evil. Talk about creepy. He could, he could star in any Stephen King movie. They'd probably pay the guy a billion bucks to be in one of those movies. He's so creepy looking. He's scary. Anyway, don't think I'm biased or anything. I don't, I don't want to give you that impression. Sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, so they love the uppermost rooms in the feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues. Now, obviously here they're talking to the religious leaders, the Jewish religious leaders of the day. But I'm applying this to the Catholic Church because it's no different today as it was then. Just different veneers of things. And the greetings in the Marcus, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be ye not called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ. And all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth. I forgot this was even in this particular portion of scripture. But how appropriate is that to this teaching? Call no man father upon earth? Well, that's what they call the Catholic priest, right? Father. Jesus Christ said, call no man father upon the earth. For one is your father, which is in heaven. That's an unbiblical term. So is reverend. It's used one time in the Bible, and the Bible is in reference to God, and it says, holy and reverend is he. So you're going to take on a title that is only used one time in the Bible and applies to God and call yourself reverend? I think I love it most when I see reverend on a on a, uh, like, I've seen this before, like, or a guy takes on reverend, he's, you know, he's a gay clergy member, like in a universalist Unitarian church. That's, that's the best. And they got a gay flag and they call themselves reverend. Now, I mean, you know, <laughs> what more could you, you ask for there? You know, anyway, um, there's a lot to do that too. Now, and also, this whole thing about the confessional, the Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Just one mediator. Not some priest that you go to and confess your sins to. You confess your sins to God. You confess your sins to the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And his blood cleanseth you from all sin. Okay? A, a priest cannot absolve you of your sin. Indulgences can't absolve you. Praying the rosary can't absolve you of these things. None of those works-based things can do that. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ in his blood that is obtained. Anything else is an abomination. Okay? Going further. Call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Amen. Also, one other point. The whole verse that I said about there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. It's not Mary either. (laughs) 
No place in the Bible does it ever say to pray to any of the apostles, or to Mary, or to anyone else. You know, they got saints for everything. They got saints for, like, you know, the, the saint of the stubbed toe. You know, the saint of the beeled ear. I mean, you know, you got, you got, you're praying to saints for everything. You got ones they have on their dashboard so they don't get in car accidents. It's all lies and garbage. All you need is Jesus Christ. Father God and Jesus Christ, that's it. But they got to make it real complicated and make you feel real religious. It's all a lie. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. Praise the Lord. Simple. Easy. One is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's not preached on very much. I don't really see the Pope and the Cardinals and the priests being a whole lot of people's servants. I'm sorry. I don't see most high-level religious leaders doing that either. I see them raking in the money. Oh, yeah. They got their lawn rake, raking it in. Send in your offering and I'll send you this shamrock prayer cloth and you'll get all your prayers answered or whatever scam they got going on. That's not being someone's servant. Don't don't you want to be? I mean, honestly, just not. I'm not talking about from a self centered standpoint, but that's 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 a pretty awesome uh, clue that Jesus gave us there. He that is greatest among you, you shall be among you shall be your servant. We should strive to be each other's servant. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that's what my whole ministry is about. I'm just trying to serve others. Not saying that I'm greatest among anything. I'm just saying, strive to be other people's servants. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. How much more could you exalt yourself than Mr. Pope guy up here, putting him on his throne in Vatican Basilica, filmed for the whole world to see, and everybody's around him adoring this guy, this, this devil doing all these abominable practices, sanctioning all these abominable practices, and and here he is, whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. Where he's really going to be abased is when he plunges into hell, the lowest depths of hell. He'll be abased. I mean, what, what Bible are they reading? They're not. That's the whole point. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. See, humility is the way to the Lord. Unless you humble yourself as a little child, you will not see God. The way to humility is through the fear of God, I believe. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him, and he delivereth them. The fear of God will also give you humility. Because if you truly have the fear of God, you'll understand your standing to God, and it will humble you. You can't get saved unless you're humbled, either. How are you going to get saved if you're proud? Well, I'll, I'll get saved. Huh. Nah, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> you got to humble... I mean, all of this stuff that I'm saying here today involves humbling yourself, admitting you were wrong in your interpretation of how you get to heaven. Or if you think you're, you're getting to heaven through works. Or you may be investing your whole life, 50 years in a religious system... And then saying, you know, I was wrong. You're right. No, I'm not right. The Word of God's right. Well, what does that involve? Humbling yourself. you got to humble yourself. Humility is absolutely 100% key to having a right relationship and getting with the Lord Jesus Christ and getting saved. Humility is absolutely 100% essential. And if you don't believe, if you don't believe you have it, then pray for it. Pray for the fear of God. I mean, if, if you're a parent and, you're, and your child comes before you and he's all, he bows up to you and he gets in your face, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, what's your first reaction going to be? It's going to be like anger, not 
you know, oh, really? Uh-huh. What if they come before, they've done something wrong, and they come before you, and they're humbling themselves, and they admit they're wrong, and, and they're, what's your reaction going to be then? How are you going to really be mad at them? Well, you're humbling yourself, and I'm still really mad. Mm. No, it, it's right. Uh, humbling yourself before other people diffuses situations. It's just, it, you, common sense-wise, think about it, with humility, before God. You know, it's essential. And it's essential you do it, I believe, every day before. You should always be humble when you go before God. Always, 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 always. Never proud. Never, ever, ever proud. Ever. Pride goeth before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Pride, one of the seven deadly sins. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it blinds you to things. Humility is where it's at. Humility. And you don't ever go around saying either. I heard a preacher say this one time. You don't ever say, go around saying, well, I'm so humble. <laughs> because as soon as you say it, you're not. <laughs> if you think about it, if you say I'm so humble, that's pride. <laughs> it's not anything you ever want to say about yourself. If someone else says it about you, it's one thing. Let another man praise you and not yourself, as the Word of God says. But anyway, um, so... Uh, then it goes on to say, Jesus Christ goes on to say in verse 13, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. Now this would apply to the Catholic Church. They're shutting up the kingdom of heaven. What do you mean? Well, if you go into that system, hopefully have a, a demonstrated abundantly and clearly, and this would apply to any death cult like them, you're saying, no, you get to heaven this way. And it's on the... It's not the way you get to heaven. They're shutting up the kingdom of heaven against men. What is the Catholic Church's goal? What is Satan's goal through the Catholic Church? What is his ultimate goal? If we go a million years from now, to get everyone that he possibly can into hell and then the lake of fire at the great white throne judgment. That's his ultimate goal. That's why... He, he, that's what he's trying to do through the Catholic Church. They're shutting up the kingdom of heaven against men. That's the goal. Just so you know. It's eternal. The stakes couldn't be higher. And then it goes on to say, For ye neither go in, meaning the scribes and Pharisees, and this, just let's say, okay, the Pope, the Cardinals, the priests, and whatever, whatever. For ye... For ye neither go in yourselves. You're not going to go in either. Neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. They don't, they're trying to keep you out of heaven. They're trying to get you into hell. Now they would never admit that. Maybe, maybe at the top, if, if you, if they were really, if, you know, just flat out Luciferians at the top that really know what they're doing. But they would never admit that. They don't understand they're, they're being used of Satan. I don't believe a lot of the lower level priests and these types of people. I don't know. Maybe maybe more than I think. I don't know. I mean, anybody that could be a pedophile priest is pretty much sold out to Satan. So maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses. Well, there's no other institution on planet Earth that, that is richer, religiously speaking, than the Catholic Church. No other. They've got more money I mean, than any other religious institution on the planet. And this is thousands of years in the making to acquire all this wealth. And the Bible talks about Jesus, the Son of Man, not even have a place, doesn't have a place to even lay his head. And none of the apostles were, were, were rich. So they devour widows' houses, and for a pretense, make long prayer. What do we just listen to? I mean, just that clip I played you. On that deacon guy going through this real religious-sounding thing where he's invoking Lucifer. For a pretense. They're doing it for, 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 for show. Look at me, I'm making this long prayer. To, to look real religious, and supposedly holy, when in God's eyes it's the exact opposite. 
I'm just pointing out the hypocrisy here. And for a pretense, make long prayer. Therefore, ye shall receive the greater damnation. Why does it say that? Because there's different levels of hell. There's different levels of punishment in hell. Not everybody's going to just suffer the same level. Hitler's at a different level than maybe, say, somebody that just got to hell because he didn't, he was a bad, uh, maybe thought he was a good person. Maybe he lived a, a morally upright life, but he didn't get saved through pride. Hitler's at a different level. They're good, but, and again, proving this, ye shall receive the greater damnation. There's different punishments, in other words. Lair areas in hell. Just like there's different rewards a Christian could receive at the judgment seat of Christ, which it says all Christians will stand before. There's different rewards. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass sea and land to make one proselyte. Meaning to get one convert. They'll compass sea and land to make one convert. And when he is made, you make him twofold more twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. That's confirming that the people that are in these false religious systems, the priests and these types of people are making converts even worse than themselves in many cases. Misery loves company. It reminds me of uh, the end of Romans 1. I'll just read that real quick where it's talking about homosexuals. Reminds me of this verse, verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God, and this, just think of like a Catholic priest or pope or a bishop or a cardinal or whatever in their hierarchy. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That reminds me of this verse. They want to make him twofold more the child of hell than themselves. Makes them feel better about themselves. Next verse, or verse 24. Ye blind guides. They're blind. Pride has blinded them. I'm a Catholic priest. I wear this my collar backwards and I wear this black robe and I'm more holier than thou. A lot of it's pride. Ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. What does that mean? Well, they'll, 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 they'll strain at the littlest, tiniest, most in, insignificant things, scriptural or, or, or spiritually. And they'll ignore all of these other things that I just got into today. Like all the verses about the blood of Jesus Christ. Atoning for our sin. And, 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 and we obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. And all these things. They'll ignore all that. They'll swallow a camel. But they'll, they'll just... They'll strain at a gnat, the littlest tiny thing, that's what they'll key on. And make you think that's what it, what salvation is. Something regarding that. That's what that means. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you, you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within you're full of extortion and excess. Again, you see them around and they just watch the, some clips of that disgusting Easter vigil mass. I mean, everything's choreographed. They're all in their flowing robes and they all look so, oh, so religious. Everything's so ornate and just the billions of dollars, literally, that are in these, these Catholic abomination cathedrals that they've spent. Do you know how much good that money could have done if it would have went to, like, the poor? Or widows? Orphans? Worthy, you know, people. Oh, no, no, no. We'd rather put it into our, our gigantic, grandiose buildings. And our gigantic, you know, where we, we imported our, our obelisk into St. Peter's Square or whatever. It's like the second largest obelisk in the world. They got it straight from Egypt. <laughs> second largest phallus symbol on the planet. Totally, absolutely, 100%. Uh, uh, you know, with Egyptian paganism, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good good thing to have as the centerpiece for your for Vatican City. Yeah, but it just it just shows you how wicked and evil they are. I'm just pointing out the obvious. Is really all I'm doing. 
They're full of extortion and excess. Hey, you know, you go to a confessional. This has been done for a long time. Tell Mr. Priestie boy all your stuff. He knows he's got the goods on you. You think you could use that to extort things? You think that hasn't been done for thousands of years by the Catholic Church? It has. Excess? Again, just look at the Catholic Church. All it is is excess. Jesus Christ never told us to go around and build these gigantic mega million dollar buildings. What good is that going to do? Oh, it's so impressive. Who cares? It's, it's soul damning impressiveness. It's garbage. But they make clean the outside of the cup and the plow. Oh, they look real. Real religious. Real religious. And again, <laughs> what's, so, what's so ironic is that, and even worse in the case of Catholicism, you have a legion of pedophilic clergy going back to its inception. And yet they, they try to make themselves look so holy. Uh, next verse, thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first which is within the cup and the platter, meaning what's inside you, that the outside of them may also be clean also. See, God looks on the heart. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whitened sepulchres, tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. That's how God views them. Malignant. It's like one, if, if you could look inside them, it would look like one big malignant tumor. Disgusting, vile, putrid, malignant tumor. Oh, they look impressive on the outside. They got everybody fooled. Most people. Hey, Satan's good at what he does. Here's a whole religion based on total hypocrisy. Total bait and switch. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. See, God knows what's in our hearts. We can't fool him. We can't. You're not. I'm not. Nobody is. So, going further, according to our to church teaching, even after sinners, now this is back to the main article, even after sinners are absolved in the confessional and say they're our fathers and or Hail Marys as penance, again, paying for your own sin. you got to go to the confessional. Our fathers are Hail Marys with your rosary, which are just nothing more than Hindu prayer beads that have been uh, refashioned for the Catholic religion. I don't know if you knew that. Anyway, after they say our fathers and our Hail Marys as penance, they still face punishment after death, though, in purgatory. Because, see, even the Catholics know that nothing we could ever do in this life would truly absolve us of all sin. So they had to create purgatory in order to say, well, you're still going to suffer. you know. But we'll pray you out of purgatory. If you have enough masses said for you, we'll pray you out. Now, those are going to cost your loved ones some money. I can remember I worked with this lady named Pat, and she, somebody died in, in I, don't, I don't know if it was one of the patients or what, and she was a Catholic, and, and she had sent this card or something, and it, and it said that this Mass is going to be said for... The, and I didn't even know about it. I'm like, what is that? And they're like, oh, I, I paid for a Mass to be said for, for this so-and-so to pray him out of purgatory quicker. I'm like, are you kidding me? Where does it end? <laughs> and notice it always revolves around money. The love of money is the root of all evil. So you're going to pray this guy, this guy out of purgatory quicker. Okay, that, that makes sense. That's, that's in the Bible, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's what they do, though. So they got to do this before they can even enter into heaven. 
In exchange, and there, there's a little picture here that shows the uh, an ancient pope, and there's all these people coming up and putting money on the table before him, and he's looking at everybody like, hey, what's he given? Oh, he gave that much, okay. He's good for now. I, it's unbelievable. The, 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 the corruption is just unbelievable. And the, the mafia could only dream to have a scheme like this going on. You know? In exchange for certain prayers, devotions, or pilgrimages in special years, a Catholic can receive an indulgence, which reduces or erases that punishment instantly. According to Satan, evidently. Not according to God. But anyway, with no formal ceremony or sacrament even having to be said. There are partial indulgences, which reduces purgatorial time by a certain number of days or years, and then plenary indulgences, which eliminate all of it until until another sin is committed, though, and then you got to go back and you know pay more money, do whatever you got to do. You could get one for yourself or for someone who is dead. You cannot buy one, though. Oh, phew, give me a break. That's been done for hundreds of years, thousands, whatever. Or like I said, since what was it, like 1100? You cannot buy one, they're saying. The church outlawed the sale of indulgences in 1567. Give me a break on that. But charitable contributions combined with other acts, you can help to earn one. Charitable contributions. That sounds like money to me. Oh, I'm sure that this has nothing to do with the Catholic Church getting richer and richer. Nah. There is a limit of one plenary indulgence per sin or per day, though. <laughs> it reminds me of like some infomercial you see on TV. There's a limit of one plenary indulgence per sin or per day. Offer expires, you know, whatever. It's absolute, total, works-based insanity. So, let's go to our next article. Our Lady of China will merge Buddhism with Rome. How many Roman Catholics know that their church claims Jesus appeared as Chinese as well? And his mother as a Chinese empress. Here's a picture of it. I got a picture here of their Chinese version of Jesus and Mary, I guess. With the whole halo thing. Now that's called an Egyptian sun disk. It's absolutely, totally evil and totally unbiblical. The Chinese Messiah and his mother will tell the Chinese to accept the Pope as their head. Imagine that when they make their big appearance on the scene. Because it's coming, I'm telling you. Whether you want to call them Ascended Masters, whether you want to call them whatever, it's coming eventually. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Satan and the false prophet are going to deceive the whole world, it says, through through signs and lying wonders and miracles. It's going to be, the, the deception is going to be unlike anything you could ever even possibly imagine. Get prepared for it. Put your spiritual seatbelt on, because the ride's going to get kind of bumpy. Sorry. Anyway, let's see what the Roman Catholic website, Catholic Culture, writes about Our Lady of China. In April of 1900, a force of 10,000 rioters attacked Tong Lu. The soldiers, in a senseless rage, started shooting into the sky, though. Then suddenly they fled, frightened, and never came back again. According to the legend, a woman in white appeared above the settlement, and rioters' bullets were aimed at her. When the apparition did not fade, the attackers had not even time to reorganize because a strange horseman put them to flight. Soon after, they disappeared beyond the horizon. Father Wu, a Chinese priest, confessed to his flock that he had invoked the help of Mary. Invoked is a good word, because whenever you invoke a demon, that's what he was doing. A new church then was built on the site, and Father Wu placed a picture of Our Lady of China on the main altar. He asked the painter to dress Our Lady in a royal robes of the Dowager Empress Tizhizi. Sorry, anyway, whatever the name is. The image of the Blessed Virgin in the royal robes of the pagan empress, now this is what they're admitting to, with the Christ child on her knees is a vivid expression of Chinese tradition. 
Now, a lot of this goes back to the whole zeitgeist garbage where they say, see, Jesus is nothing more than a knockoff of, you know, Semiramis and, and, and Tammuz and Isis and Horus and all of these other things, you know. And I totally address this in the two teachings I've done on zeitgeist, just keen zeitgeist or any derivation of that in the keyword search at contendingfortruth.com because that's a total lie that's easily disproved. So, to get the Chinese on board, the universal one world religion, obviously there must be a Roman Catholic Chinese copy of Jesus. Again, you're going to see a lot of this. Our Lady of China is the one and only to have delivered a Chinese Messiah. She herself dressed up as in Chinese as a Chinese empress. Why? Well, to make it more palatable to the culture. She looks Chinese. She's dressed up in a Chinese empress outfit. So, oh, wow, I can identify with that because I'm Chinese. See, Satan will meet you at your need. So, going further, a better display of blasphemous activity cannot be found than this Roman Catholic claim of a appearance of the mother and child as two Chinese deities. There is hardly any religious fraud the Vatican is not willing to promote as long as it contributes to the emergence of a global church that will accept the Pope as their head. See, this is where it's all heading. Now, can you imagine if, like I said, Master Jesus comes? Esau Sananda Emmanuel, the same one that looks like all the pictures of Jesus that the Roman Catholic Church gave us through Michelangelo, the one that hangs in all the Protestant churches as well, the long hair, real good-looking Adonis version of Jesus. Imagine if all of a sudden he makes his big debut and says, hey, listen, I've come back, and I'm going to assume the head of the Catholic Church as the new Pope. And I'm going to unite all the Catholic, all the Christian religions under one religion, and then assimilate all the other ones under that. It's coming. I'm telling you, one way or another, it's going to play out that way. Think about it. If you were Satan, wouldn't that be what you would do? If God is sending the strong delusion, what more stronger delusion could you have than that? I don't know. If it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. So, the Pope has approved this falsehood as recorded in Asia News on May 16, 2008, where it says, Pope, prayer to Our Lady of Szechuan. Is this the Lady of Szechuan chicken? Because that's a good dish. Anyway, um, on the day of prayer for the Church of China, Benedict XVI asks the mother of China and all of Asia, quote, the mother of China and all of Asia, to support the faithful that they, quote, never be afraid to speak of Jesus to the world and of the world to Jesus. See how they love to ride the coattails and they just love to throw the name of Jesus out there? Because you think, well, some lukewarm Christian would say, well, wow, they're invoking the name of Jesus. They must be good. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> Unless they speak according to this word, there is no truth in them. And they don't speak according to this word as I've abundantly demonstrated in this one teaching alone. And if you want to see all the the teachings I've done on Catholicism, just key in Catholic or Catholicism in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and you'll get your boat loaded. I mean, there's... I don't even know how many I've done. There's just so much to point out. So, uh, and then he goes on to say, the Pope says, and always be credible witness to this love ever clean to the rock of Peter. So yeah, the Pope totally endorses this whole mother of China and, and her uh, her Christ child. Here are some pictures of this Babylonian prostitute and her false messiah. And you can see this on the PDF. These abomination pictures. It's like the Chinese knockoff of Mary and baby Jesus. Now, it always has the Egyptian sun disk to complete the motif. Um... Again, Our Lady of China, Roman copycat, ready to deceive millions. In Luke 21, 8 it says, And he said, Take heed, Jesus Christ, take heed that ye be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near, go ye therefore, go ye not therefore after them. Here's more pictures. Chinese Catholic art that makes the Messiah a boy who was raised by an empress in China. Our Lady of China will lead many Buddhists toward a universal worship of her son as a god. Now, this is just the one from Buddhism. So you'd say, well, how all the 
religions are going to be united. Well, when you've got signs, line wonders, and miracles, you've got all these ascended masters appearing on the scene. And then what I said before last week about this Project Bluebeam, where you would have like all these different religious figures speaking to their people in their own language, and then all of a sudden they all come into one. And then that's how it's going to happen. They're going to be like, oh my... We all need to unite together. We're one big happy family. And all of these gods are working together behind the scenes for our benevolent benefit. And it's all a lie from the pit of hell. And the only thing they can offer you is death and hell. That's what's going to happen in some way, shape, or form. It's going to go down that way, I believe. I mean, how are you going to have a one world religion apart from that? So then it shows a whole temple and altar for Our Lady of China in Taiwan. So this is just one of the many ways we're going to actually be able to actually get this one more religious system going. Um, and then here's a false church who presents the Chinese version of a Roman Catholic faith. It, yeah, it looks like a Buddhist church with a cross on it. I mean, they're, they're, they're just combining everything. Okay, that's all I've got for today. Uh... Also, the, the brother um, who puts out the flash drives, the USB flash drives, which we just had to actually double the size of the flash drive that's being, um, that you can purchase on contendingfortruth.com. Uh, he wanted me to just to make this announcement because there's some people that are thinking that because they're coming out of Australia that he's profiteering off the ministry or something and that's like the furthest thing from the truth. I mean, he's an absolute blessing from God. Paul is, and he is not benefiting from this at all, okay, at all. He's doing this out of the goodness of his heart. He's, I'll just read this to you. Um, I just wanted to bring this to your attention because the way I conduct myself with these USB drives reflects on your ministry. I understand the level of trust you've given me, so please don't think I'm asking you to market the USB drives, which we really, I don't try to market them. I'm just offering them as a service because, or he is, because a lot of people over the years have said, man, I'd love to get your teachings all in one spot. You know? And I'm like, well, and Paul brought this idea up, and I'm, and I'm like, man, it's brilliant. I just can't do it. I, I can't take on anymore. I can't even, I mean, this is only an 11-page PDF I'm doing today. I just, I'm getting to the point where I just can't, uh, I can't keep up with all the emails and do, like, these 40-page studies like I was doing before in one fell swoop. It's just... Something's got to give, you know. One person can only do so much. Not saying I don't have people like Paul helping me, or my webmaster Dan, thank God for him, or Tim who actually put the actual original site up. I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for all of them. Or the people that have donated to the ministry, the people that pray for us every day. I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for all of you. And I thank God for you. And I pray God bless you abundantly, richly, a hundredfold what you've done for us. I really do. I thank God for all of you. But... I, he just wanted me to make this announcement. Um, he says, don't think I'm asking you to market the USB drives, but I think it's becoming necessary to explain clearly to the listeners why they're coming from Australia and not the USA, and I'm concerned some people think I'm doing this on the sly and profiteering from your ministry. So, this is a, just a partial response to a question as to why the USB flash drives come from Australia. He said... Um, Paul said, I'm a fellow listener as yourself. I live in Australia. I've been listening to Contending for Truth since 2007, and I have downloaded all of his teachings since 2006 on Sermon Audio, because I was originally on Sermon Audio, but I got, I knew my, my days there were limited, and, and eventually um, got booted off of Sermon Audio, even though they never gave me a reason for as to why, other than I knew I was very controversial. Um, but anyway, he says, since then, I've gotten to know uh, Brother Scott quite well, and last November I asked him if he would like me to publish his recordings on eBay for listeners who wanted a, com a complete archive. Every cent made from these USB drives goes either to buy more USB drives or is donated directly to um, the ministry. So, that's there you have it. Okay, So, you know, some weeks he, he doesn't sell any. Some weeks he might sell two, three, four, five, I don't know. It just varies by the week, okay? But um, he's doing this out of the goodness of his heart, and I just wanted to make that announcement, you know, to clear that up, if, if there was any question about it. Because I've had some people ask me about that as well. So we just want to be a totally above board. 
Anyway, that's all I got for today, and um, God bless you, and I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. I thank you for letting us come together again, uh, Lord God, to explore these, these things in the Bible, to set forth truth, to contend for the truth, Lord, to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints, Lord. And I just pray that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. That you would cleanse us from all uh, presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. That you would give us discernment, Lord God, to know um, exactly what moves we need to make in the future and in the near future. That we would be obedient to whatever you would tell us to do. That we would clearly hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. That you would remove all hindering factors to these processes that nothing uh, would come between you and ourselves Lord God hearing your voice and being obedient to what you tell us to do that you would use uh, the body of Christ Lord God mightily in the day and times to come for your glory that through us that you would uh, use us to lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ and we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray Amen I'm just going to do a little addendum onto the end of this audio. Uh, something I kind of had forgotten to mention that um, I started doing this week that um, I think might help a lot of different people. I was listening to the interview this week that Alex Jones did with Joel Wallach, Dr. Joel Wallach. The guy's been around for a long, long, long time. And he was talking about uh, how we really... Most people, the vast majority of people, need to avoid gluten, which is really things with uh, anything, wheat products, uh, oats, barley, I believe, and rye. Uh, Some oats are okay, though. And again, I'm not an expert on the subject at, at this point at all. I know that there's whole sections in health food stores now that are gluten free. And, um,. I've never really tried that or, or pursued that. I know there's a lot of people that swear by it, but I started eliminating gluten, I don't know, it was like this week, and I'm telling you, I have seen a profound impact already, almost from the first day in the way I felt, energy-wise. I mean, huge. Now, not everybody it's going to have that kind of dramatic effect. My daughter doesn't even feel any different. She's eaten gluten-free before. It, uh, we have a friend of the family when we were back in Florida, and she was totally gluten-free. And when she went over there, um, that was the way they were kind of forced to eat. And not everybody's going to have this effect. But if you have, you might want to just try it, just to go gluten-free for... A certain period of time. Give it three, four days. Okay? See how you feel. I'm telling you, it's amazing. In my particular case. Most people have gluten allergies. The, the vast majority of the population. And it may, it's not like you have an allergy where you know, you're sneezing so much. As it is how it makes you feel. So, I think it was Tuesday. The interview was this last Tuesday with Joel Walk. It starts about a third way through. You might want to go back and re-listen to that. If you go up to the Infowars.com website or something, I, I think that's the name. Anyway. And I'm, again, I'm not purporting, you know, whatever with Alex Jones. I've issued many warnings about him. But there's also a lot on the show you can glean from a lot of the times. And this Joel Wallach, who I've known about for a long time, um, brilliant. Brilliant guy. I mean, absolutely brilliant. And he gets into a lot of different health things, but he gets into the gluten, and I started that, and I'm telling you, uh, um, I think my life is going to be totally different just from doing that one thing. And again, we're destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4, 6. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I, I forgot to do that, forgot to mention anything. And normally I wouldn't mention anything like this until I'd done it a little longer, but the results have already been so profound, and all I've done is eliminate. It's not like I'm taking anything different or new. It, it won't 
you know, other than if you try to eat gluten-free, yeah, if you try to replace certain things like bread, there is gluten-free bread, there's different things. And yes, it is more expensive. Typically, you're going to have to find it in a health food store. But it's the way you're going to feel if you're going to, if you're going to react like I did, it's far worth it. So anyway, God bless you, and I just want to throw that out there to you so uh, hopefully some people can benefit. Okay, God bless. Bye-bye.